Sentire Media. Hello everyone and welcome to A History of Italy. Interview episode 2, Daniela Pellacani on Ciro Menotti. The second episode in the interview series is with a good friend of mine, Daniela Pellacani. She's a teacher in the town of Carpi in the province of Modena, and she shares her hometown with an important figure of the Italian Risorgimento, the movement that led to the unity of Italy. So Daniela was kind enough to come and see us and have a chat about the figure of Ciro Menotti. I hope you enjoy the interview. Right, so here we are in our first interview out in the open in the Reggio Emilia Apennines. The noise you hear in the background is not actually static, but it's the Secchia River. And it's interesting for our interview today because the Secchia basically springs in the middle of the province of Reggio Emilia, but then it flows down and turns to become the border between the province of Reggio Emilia and the province of Modena. And Modena brings us to our hero of our interview of today and allows me to introduce a very great friend of mine, Daniela Pellacani. Thank you very much for coming on the show, Daniela. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> and Daniela today is going to talk to us about a hero of the Risorgimento, of the Italian Risorgimento, Ciro Menotti, who with Daniela shares the hometown, which is that of Carpi. Yes, Ciro was born in um, a little town near Carpi, which is called Migliarina. He was born in a wealthy family. His father was a producer of ads made by trucciolo. Trucciolo are strips of willow bark. Mm -hmm. This was invented in Carpi. And uh, his father was a um, rich businessman, and Ciro had... Uh, the, um, sort of inherited the business, uh, or he entered into the business with his father. Yes. But maybe, Daniela, before we, we proceed with the story of Ciro Menotti, tell us something about uh, Carpi. Okay, Carpi is uh, an ancient town near Modena. It's quite small, 80,000 people live there. And we have a, a great interesting square made by our prince uh, Alberto Terzo Pio on the Rinascimento. Mm -hmm. And we have a great palace uh, made by the Pio family. Carpi uh, is known uh, all over Europe uh, by its textile industries. We have a great uh, brand who born there, like Liu Zhou and Blue Marine. And maybe the um, Truciolo factory is connected by the textile industries mm -hmm. of our days. Because you were telling me out of this material, these strips of bark, they would make hats and bags. Yes, uh, and especially women during uh, the winter work uh, on the Truciolo factory. Someone thinks that fashion is connected by the Truciolo factory. Mm -hmm. So women learned to work on fashion from this experience. So Ciro began to 
to work to his father and had uh, a great idea to start uh, to sell his uh, ads made by Trucciolo mm-hmm. all over Europe. Uh, so he created a shipping company and his uh, pagliette is the name of these hats. They are like Panamas. And he could sell this uh, pagliette in London too. So he was a a sort of predecessor of Amazon, we can say. (laughs) Yes, we can say this. Um, He became uh, richer than his father and started to do microcredit too. Okay, so sort of ethical banking in a certain sense. Yes. Then he traveled much. In Milan, he saw for the first time a steam engine and decided to buy it. And it was the first uh, to add it in uh, Emilia Romagna. Mm-hmm. He used it to um, work on um, silk. And then uh, when the silk market was down, he tried to use his uh, steam engine to produce spirits. Okay, and that's when our other protagonist, uh, Duke Francis IV, comes into the picture because Ciro had the opportunity before this to meet him and to have the Duke visit the factory, you were telling me. Yes, uh, he had a strange uh, relations <laughs> with uh, Duke Francis IV. He was introduced uh, by the Duke uh, from a friend. Mm-hmm. He was a lawyer, his name was uh, Enrico Misleri, and he was from Modena, and Ciro started to know the Carboneria, which Enrico was bond. And And we know that sort of uh, many listeners of A History of Italy already know about the Carboneria, but very quickly it was sort of an underground uh, movement that connected different people in a sort of underground, let's say, revolutionary movement in a certain sense, or a secret society, we could say. Yes, maybe it's in, is important to remind to our listener, that, to our audience, that Ciro was born in uh, 1798, uh, so very far to the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. His father lived under a, rep- a republic. Yes, one of the first <laughs> republics, one of the first modern republics in, in history, we could say. Yes, but after uh, the defeat of Napoleon, uh, immediately Italy was ruled by autocratic despot. The problem that Ciro lived with his industries was connected to this uh, ancient way of government because they, they didn't trust this, this new industry, this new bourgeoisie class, let's say. The Duke Francis IV uh, was probably scared by the power of the bourgeoisies. And then when Ciro tried to start this new idea, produce spirit with his uh, steam engine, the Duke uh, didn't allow him to do this. So Enrico Misleri and Ciro Menotti probably proposed to the Duke to um, work together to a constitutional monarchy. The Duke uh, was surely interested in this because they had connection with uh, rebels all over Emilia-Romagna in the town of Reggio Emilia, Bologna, and Modena, of course. And the Duke uh, 
thought it could expand its territories with this agreement with the Carboneria. And so he didn't have them arrested on the first times. So he didn't oppose their, their activity at first. Yes. Enrico and Ciro had an agreement with the other rebels of the Carboneria to start the rebellion in the night between the 3 and the 4th of February on 1831. Uh, the town of Bologna, Reggio Emilia, Carpi and Modena did start the rebellion, but the Duke uh, changed his mind. Maybe the only alliance, uh, this uh, great power all over Europe, this great uh, conservative power, imposed him to stop this agreement with the Carboneria, and he arrested them in this night. Ciro, Enrico, and others were in the house, in the palace of Ciro in Modena. He's in Corso Canal Grande, very near to the <laughs> palace duke. And Ciro helped the others to escape, but he was taken by the police. So the duke brought Ciro and other two rebels in uh, Mantova, and then the Menotti family tried to free him. They offered much money. Um, they were helped by an important bishop uh, to try to convince the duke, but he was so strong. He was irremovable. Irremovable. And then Ciro was condemned to death by the Duke, and uh, some days before the execution, the family were able to send them the poison, um, but this wasn't enough. So Ciro uh, took that, but didn't die. And the night before the execution, he wrote a, a brief letter to his wife, to because his beloved wife. <laughs> although he was only 33 at the time, he had already married and he had uh, some children. Eh? Yes. And there was a, a little bit of scandal behind the marriage, uh, you were telling me. Uh, yes, because he fell in love with this uh, married woman. Her name was Francesca Moreali. She was married to a, an important uh, Man, he was older than her, and uh, they they f fell in love. Uh, she got pregnant uh, while her husband w was still alive, mm -hmm. and everybody knew that uh, in Modena. And so they knew that the child was of Ciro Menotti and not her husband. Yes, but the husband died, so <laughs> they were lucky. <laughs> And so he wrote this letter, and Chiro wrote his letter of goodbye to his wife and gave it to the priest. But the priest couldn't deliver the letter to Francesca. She had it many years after the, the death of Chiro. The proof of this betrayal uh, is uh, the fact that the duke hadn't the courage to uh, publish the order of the execution until the three rebels were executed. Another proof can be found uh, in some words that Ciro writes on this uh, goodbye letter.
We'll see this letter after. So, uh, Ciro Menotti was betrayed by Duke Francis IV, and uh, how is he remembered after that? Since the Italian War of Independence, Ciro and others from the Carboneria were considered big heroes, big freedom heroes. You know, Garibaldi named his first son Menotti. And after Italy was united, the authority of the new government wanted to create a big cult of these heroes. And so every city in Italy made competition to create big statues or any kind of monument to remember these heroes. So Modena wanted to remember this uh, hero and uh, made a competition to build a big marble statue and put it in, in a square called Piazza Roma, who is just in front of the Duke Palace. So the sculpture who won this competition decided to represent uh, Ciro with an angry face and he had a closed fist and the eyes of the statue are watching straight into the room where the Duke Francis IV probably signed the order of execution of Ciro and his uh, friends. Mm -hmm. So in, uh, for the listeners, we've uh, posted this picture on the blog post for this episode. And indeed, you can see this wonderful statue, very angry-looking statue with a closed fist and uh, a flag which is not open uh, in uh, one arm to represent the fact that at that time Italy had not yet been created, so it was not yet time to fly that Italian flag. Well, um, as uh, Daniele mentioned, we'll be reading a couple of excerpts from his goodbye letter uh, after the interview, but for the moment I'd really like to thank Daniele very much again for coming and talking to us today about Ciro Menotti. Thank you, Mike. The pleasure was mine. I'm so honored to be there. <laughs> well, I hope you really enjoyed the interview with Daniela as much as I did. As we mentioned during the interview, we're going to finish off with the last letter, with excerpts from the last letter that Ciro Menotti wrote to his wife just a few days before his death. My dearest wife, these are the last words of your unhappy Ciro. He will see you again in a better place. Live for your children and act also as a father to them. You have all the requisites for it. Do not give in to pain. Try to overcome it. My soul will be with you for eternity. Think of the children and see in them their father. And when they are older, let them know how much I loved the homeland. I die with the names of all of you in my heart, and you have the best part of it. Do not fear for the idea of my premature death. God, who gives me the strength and the courage to face it, will also help me in the fatal moment. To tell you to lead our children down the path of honour and virtue would simply be to tell you what you already do but I say it so that they will know that it was also their father's intent, and if they obey this, 
they will honour their father's memory. Dear Lord, how many suffer because of me, but you will forgive me. I kiss my children for the last time. I do not dare to name them, for it would be too painful. Goodbye forever, Chikina. In this last terrible moment, the things of this world are no longer for me. There was great hope, the sovereign, but I am no more for this world. Goodbye with all my heart. Goodbye forever. Ciro Menotti's wife Francesca only received this letter twenty years after Ciro Menotti was killed by Duke Francis IV at the age of thirty-three. As always, thanks very much to everyone for listening. Remember that if you want to get in touch, you can send an email, hello at ahistoryofitaly.com. At the same URL, ahistoryofitaly.com, you can also click through to our social media, you can have a look at the timeline and other resources to help you navigate our complicated history, and if you're feeling really generous, you can donate to support the show. Thanks again to everyone for listening, and until next time, Arrivederci. Questo è il giusto modo. Questo è il giusto modo. Questo è il giusto modo di sbagliare. Sentire media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.